Welcome to the Dribble Podcast, your weekly fix of all things Perth Wildcats and Aussie basketball. Presented by Perth Now. G'day everyone and welcome to the Dribble Podcast, the place where we're a little bit like the Perth Wildcats in that when some people think we might be losing our touch a little, we bounce back even stronger than ever. My name's Chris Robinson from the Western Perth Now, the man alongside me furiously refreshing his Twitter feed to see if his prediction of an import change comes true. Perth Wildcats, great. Greg, hi. How you doing, Greg? Oh, mate. Well, I'm wondering how long it took you to write that introduction. That was a little bit snazzy. <laughs> like, usually it's a stock standard, but no, I like where we're at. It's set a great tone for the show. Um, yeah, spit a pep off the top. Uh, yeah, exactly. We Stayed had up a, all night to write that one. Yeah, a little bit of elevator talk. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was close. I mean, there, I messaged you what, after the Sunday game, and I said, my crystal ball, like, yeah. we, we discussed the timing of this show. I said, let's give it a day because I reckon there's a <laughs> there's some movement. Unfortunately, not. So if it happens, maybe like, by the time we put this to air later this afternoon, yeah, I'll call all the other clubs and say, "Hey, make me look good." <laughs> so, I mean, there is, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's at that point. It's the half the official of the uh, official mark of the, the halfway, halfway point of the season. Yeah, yep. So, um, yep. And when your imports are getting did DMPs, not play coaches' decisions yeah. like Keith Benson did for yes. Southeast Melbourne, there interesting may times. well be changes coming. We'll get to that one a little bit later. Yep. Talk to me about the Cats, Greg, because uh, right. it was a terrific, terrific an understatement for the weekend they had. It was pretty much a perfect weekend Yeah, I think to make that first half statement in particular against Sydney and then to back it up, uh, come from behind in the second half. They were down seven or eight early in that third quarter against uh, the Phoenix. Yeah, and you know, like in, in, in context, I mean, uh, in the lead up and obviously there was a lot of doubters and you sort of have, you put it to the side and I think even Trev spoke about it after South East Melbourne sort of games sort of said that's the expectation you lose a couple of games that you know everyone writes it writes them off and mm. it's you know I, I do find it comical at times I mean I've now being retired I'll, I'll actually pipe in a little bit um, I guess I don't know if you're adding fuel to the fire but to, to write back and sort of even part of these sort of uh, cat chats and message and all that and saw you know a fan ask how you know how much they were going to get annihilated by Sydney for and I sort of it's that s- stage where you know and we, we spoke about it at the last show that the Wildcats uh, every time you lose it's sort of um, an expectation of going to win every single game and it's going to be an unblemished record which isn't going to be the case but to have your doubters and then they came on I thought they played. If there was the perfect game, okay, like they only scored 26 points in the second half, but to, to set the tone from the get-go, um, and I was actually a bit nervous. I um, was watching the game and I thought, oh, like they're playing really well and the and those game was really close. And then obviously to erupt for 40 points in the second half. and mm, Second quarter. Th- yeah. The second quarter, sorry. Yeah, and I think... Um, what you saw was when the game was in the balance. I think there was well, one. I think both games you obviously saw three pivotal guys: Nick Kay, Tariko White, and Bryce Cotton really take the stranglehold in the game. And I think more so. I think Nick had an unbelievable weekend, averaged a double double, mm-hmm. um, shot the ball efficiently, and um, played with amazing energy. And I think even in the first quarter against Sydney, just came up with a couple of loose balls and and those extra possessions and. 
he was sensational and I think that's your three gun guys and across the league you're seeing that you're seeing that with Cairns with Nubal Machado and Oliver um, three consistent guys and when you're seeing that that's what's been reliant um, I think Nick going back to that I think uh, there's no doubt I thought he looked a little bit tired in the, in the, you know, just from the World Cup campaign yeah. for him to respond as to we the discussed probably yeah. fair enough yeah. yeah and he was sensational and then you look at both those games, I mean, obviously, Tariko on southeast Melbourne erupted in the fourth, and Bryce, I think, when the game was on the line, went nuts against Sydney. So, yeah. and, and and did well in the third as well, and against southeast. So, you saw that, but I think what you can't underestimate was the role that Clint Stolen yes, played. And I think very much so. his intent on Friday to come in just guns blazing, and even some of those shots that he shot. Um, like rimmed out like they were great looks and as a shooter like that you know he just yeah he came in and just stretched the floor and I think then again that same confidence and I think you need that you you need a pinch hitter because if Tariko, Nick and uh, Bryce they, they, they do what they do but if one goes off mm. um, and doesn't have the game that's expected or relied upon if Clint can provide that um, because I think that's what they were lacking in those games that's that's huge and um, I think he was absolutely sensational this weekend Yeah I was saying to someone after the game on Friday night you saw probably almost a season's worth of aggression from Clint yeah. in terms of his on court uh, charisma he's normally quite reserved yeah. um, but he was giving it you know the three yeah. fingers as he was running back down the floor and he was quite aggressive in that mindset I wanted to ask about a guy like that it's such a tough role we've we've talked about this in previous years on the pod it's such a tough role to be just that spot up shooter as your main job to come off the bench um, and fire away he's he's looking when he's looking confident he gets his feet set really well he's really balanced um, running off those screens I wanted to ask about the type of personality that he might have as far as teammates go yeah. are you guys just constantly trying to build him up confidence hey fire away or does he just know that he has that green light how how important is that sort of headspace yeah. um, for a guy like that in terms of I played with shooters throughout my career and I would say and it's not a bad thing I think he has that sort of mindset of a bit of arrogance in, in a healthy way and what I'm saying that is um, obviously, I think the very first season that he came, obviously um, he came in late after Maddie's retirement and he shot and he wasn't shooting well, but mm-hmm. um, you could sort of see it. But from that point, like the next season, every time he even had a bad game, he just still had that utmost confidence in his abilities and which you, as a shooter, you need to have. And, yep. you know, I've seen that, say, with guys like, say, Drew Williamson and Everard Bartlett. When... When you're regarded as like a shooter, just like when the Wildcats are expected to win every game, it's like every single shot you shoot needs to go in. And yeah. it's that sort of like that. That's why it's that, such a hard Yeah, role, and right? that's that, um, you know, it's like, and you hear it, like they, they those guys miss a shot and just like no, everyone else. Grind. Yeah, like a, yeah. and then even, and it might be a tough shot or um, if they don't shoot it and they drive it, people will like get upset. And so it's sort of like that really tough label to have. But Clint, obviously these last two years has, has flourished with it. And I thought, one, I'm really impressed with his off the ball movement. Like he just goes with complete aggressiveness and energy. So he, not only is he at the point where he's shooting extremely well in the last five games, I think he's over 50%. But uh, his demeanour and the way he's trying to get the ball is only going to get other guys open because it's just so aggressive coming mm-hmm. off screens and doing that. Um, so I think that's obviously huge. And he spoke about it after the game against South East Melbourne. He, he can't allow the game to come to yep, him. And yep. that is true. Like for him, you know, like other shooters, they just hit that open one and just rely on it. But he actually comes with that mindset. You know, the the Wildcats often is so, offense is so... It revolves around 
Bryce and Tariko and you get those like and then people pinch hit and you get your odd shot and you do that um, and Nick obviously yeah gets that whereas Clint is taking that upon himself to say hey get me looks and that's um, for a guy like that now who, who really uh, plays on confidence but it doesn't deter him because he didn't shoot well at the start of the season but to see him actually compound that and, and really come out aggressive and really flourish um, is, is quite exciting for that team and, and I think that obviously shows why they went 2-0 yeah I'm glad you mentioned that press conference um, comment it's probably just about my favourite Wildcats yeah. press conference before <laughs> yeah. McLean he, he speaks really honestly yeah. puts real thought into what he says and um, that was a great call when he was yeah. talking about Bryce Cotton sort of feeling his way into the for game sure. he said I don't have that luxury for because sure. if I go out there and I don't take a shot for three minutes I'm probably getting yanked so he needs to be aggressive all the time um, the Friday night win over Sydney I wrote a little bit about the Wildcats sort of feasting in the mm. mid-range so trying to take yeah. Andrew Bogut's strength away from him a little bit obviously such a great paint protector rim protector a guy you just don't want to meet at the rim so uh, what's normally considered a high percentage shot when you get to the rim you might get sure. fouled or you can um try and finish over a bigger guy Bogut has the capacity to alter shots yeah. and block shots so what we saw a lot of on Friday night was particularly Bryce in the mid-range either pulling up from right on the edge of the paint or just those nice little runners or yeah, teardrops yeah, that yeah. he's so good at what were your thoughts was that a, an, an obvious thing to you yeah. watching and do you think there's a high risk high reward element given that the mid-range is analytically yeah, like, not the way to go yeah. but they did it so very well on Friday night that, that, that would have been a scouting yeah um, um, uh, prowess. Well, that, that's what they would have definitely targeted. Yeah. That's what they did last year, and, they, and we saw a bit yeah, of it from Cairns on Sunday. Against exactly Sydney right. As well, and they yeah. would have, um, you know, I think they target. This is the thing. It's, I think, what was it for the luxury on both against Cairns and Sydney were, uh, and and Perth on Friday was. Um, Sydney didn't apply scoreboard pressure, so they were missing a lot of shots. Like mm-hmm. even Casper Ware wasn't shooting well, and so teams and then aren't reluctant to shoot that mid-range game when you've got that 10 to 12 buffer and they just keep on rolling and yep. Sydney their offense sort of was a bit stagnant and so one that's where I think look that Xavier Cooks is actually going to help him out extremely well because then they can bring you know him out and Bogut when he comes off they can play that more of an agile game but mm-hmm. it's definitely going to be a tactic that teams implement and obviously go with that um, and I think obviously they were rolling and then once you start getting scored on at will um, and confidence is high like that's what's you know Perth went with 40 is that they in the second is that yeah confidence was good rolling they could stay hitting those shots guys were starting to shoot threes and opened up everything and you start second guessing yourself so yeah and, and that's when I look at it like don't get me wrong I still think Sydney and, and that's you know, it's funny. I thought they would rebound on Sunday. I was surprised. I was actually watching the game with uh, Cameron Tovey, and um, he sort of was like, nah. He was talking about um, how Kansas is his favourite team um, in the league, okay. um, just the way they play. And he said, oh, I said, Kansas will win this game. I was like, no, no chance. Like, you know, they'll bounce back. But, yeah, it's a. I was surprised that Sydney didn't bounce back just because of the, the veteran leadership. But I think, you know, bringing in Kev and, and still contrasting styles. But that's the beautiful thing about basketball. They had to lose games. And I think Will Weaver said it really well in his press conference. Like, there's a good time, I think, on SEN on Saturday talking about... Um, you know, they'll take a lot more, they'll learn a lot more from that loss than if they had won in in a way because it was a good time. And, um, yeah, but then to lose on Sunday was, was quite surprising mm-hmm. and I thought the way, yep. um, yeah, the, 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 the effort thing was sort of um, what I, I saw in, in both games. So, 
Yeah, I think, and this is taken away, I think Wildcats take a lot of confidence now going um, in a playoff series where you've got to play five games. Uh, they match up really, really well. And that's what teams forget, like from a regular season standpoint and um, all that. You know, we were at that point where, um, you know, when we played teams, like especially like last year, or you'd look at matchups, and even in my career, there was a few times like I was like, I hope we don't play Adelaide first round, or, you know, because I just think the matchup wise, they were a bit different. Like they're a bit faster and like to run mm-hmm. the game, they junk it up on defense. Um, and then, you know, you'd play games. I remember like the year we played Cairns and they were second, and we were third, and we bundled them out. Like we were like, we're rolling. Bring it on. Yeah, yep. because we literally like, we could target Nate every single possession. We know we run a lot of pick and rolls heavy. We'll just keep going at him, and he's a focal piece. And it happened like we we target him was a weakness. And I think that's what um, you know when you look at both Sydney um, and Melbourne, um, you're looking at it going, yeah, they would go. Well, we're going to look at a lot of pick and rolls at Sean Long and Bogut who are focal pieces, and can they nullify those pick and rolls? And at the moment, they're not. Um, you know. Griffin put on 34 on, on long so defensively that's mm-hmm. where I think the Wildcats go yes yeah, sweet and then you look at the teams that they may have struggled against is because you've got agile bigs you know against Adelaide and both Cairns who they generally don't switch you know they're, they're showing them a bit more or they're not playing that mush uh, defence that you know those those clubs are sure. so yeah I think they would take a lot of confidence going if we play these teams in a three five game series We've been there. We've won on the road. You know, um, everything sort of changes from officiating to how how players play in playoffs. So, yeah, they'll take a lot of confidence from that. Yeah, love to see a Kings Wildcats series. Haven't seen one of those in the playoffs since Sean Reddish and Mark Worthington <laughs> were going <laughs> yeah. at each other back in the uh, late years of last decade. One guy who did play for both of those teams, Cam Toby. How is yeah. Cam Toby? Give that. Give our listeners an update yeah, on awesome. former Wildcat yeah, Cam Toby. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty funny. And obviously, um, give you a little bit of scope. He's obviously he's a a director of our charity. He's a, yeah, he's a so, smart guy, right? Hey, he's uh, he's an absolute genius. I mean, that was part of the reason why he retired, and obviously his body was sort of deteriorating too. Yeah. But he was working a like a crazy job, and yeah, so he he's a CA, and um, and so he does really well. So he was on on the board, and we've. I guess when you retire as well, you sort of, um, it was like in a way, it was good. I just sort of said, hey, you want to catch the game? And we were like, yeah, let's grab a beer. And it was sort of, and then Robbo came around later. And it's sort of, as we got down, you're like, oh, we can actually enjoy this. And you don't yeah. really have that opportunity. And um, it's really cool. It was um, good. We're actually, um, we he's, I guess what most athletes do, they miss something once you get done playing physically. And so he's um, in training to comp- complete an ultramarathon in, in February okay. or March. Wow. So he's doing that. And he's always been that case. Um, and we, we just launched on our gala dinner a suicide prevention ride, which is 846 Ks through the Kimberley. And so both Robbo and Toby can do that. So Terrific. it's a good thing that you can sort of hang on, uh, hang on to as well. But now nah, Toby's doing really well. Excellent. Um, I wanted a quick word from you on... On O boards, this yeah. is something that Perth did so well across the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is obviously a specialty yeah. of yours when you're out on the floor. How important do you think it is in terms of leaving the opposition deflated? For you, sure. you 
come up with half a stop basically you force a missed shot yep. and then you should complete the stop and you can't and there's another there's a second chance sometimes a third chance for the opposition how tough is that when you're giving those up as an opposition well I think there's so many different things from one yeah it's so so deflating you have a great possession I even saw against South East they went with this junk up zone and then they you know you shoot up a shot and then they just go over O-board possession yeah, you know, or, was, uh, yeah was grabbing and, a few of those and then yeah. or they kick it out to another three you know and so yeah from that like it's just deflating you play a quality possession for 22 23 seconds and then that happens the other side and this is what I think why Nick was really good is he went back to what like straight away in Sydney I think he had four O boards in the first quarter a couple and ones and it gets you in the game especially like a guy like him where the offense isn't really generally run from I'm talking about set plays he was feasting off that and so from a confidence thing you know it gets uh, when I got on the game um, I knew I didn't know where my shots were coming from but I knew if I could get an O board or two um, as soon as I got in like I was wide into the game and I knew I was going to have an influence yep. and so yeah I think that was, like, really helped and even from that standpoint I think uh, from the game looking at Dario whilst I think that both him and Majok are lacking, lacking a little bit of confidence right now what the one thing you, you have to respect is that they were still very tenacious on on the oak glass and just still rewarding themselves and getting those second opportunities and that's a huge thing for Wildcats like for us we always wanted to get uh, points from turnovers and provide more opportunities and the O boards and um, that helps and I think it just you, you want to do that you, it, it it's nothing like it, it makes an opposition guard in it another 14 seconds and mm. um, yeah and relying on that's so what I, I think Southeast did a really poor job actually of of um, whilst they were getting you know, uh, missed shots, I thought, you know, you're giving him wide open looks like O boards and mm. uh, you're talking about great late quotes, I thought, Will Weaver. That's, guys know their role. Like um, when Bryce Tarico get the ball or someone, you know they're going to shoot it. You get a running head start and some of those guys are the best rebounders in their position. I've been doing it for some time. I thought Jesse in the fourth quarter would have had three or four looks where he just tapped it out. Yep. Um, you know, those things are gut punches when, you, when you're trying to get back into the game. Yeah, still love seeing Jesse in the fourth quarter. Still uh, <laughs> That's just, his role, just right? knows like, yeah. how to do it. Basketball IQ so strong. Yep. Um, talk to me about Cairns. A Thursday night yeah. matchup for the Wildcats. They were Interesting. Really fresh in the memory, tossing away that 10-point lead at three-quarter time there only a couple of weeks ago. Um, they've really The Taipans have really become this sort of sexy pick yeah. all of a sudden yeah. for, um, for crashing into the top four. What for have sure. you made of what they've put together? So to me, what stands out or one of the things that stands out is the value of having an import who knows the league and yep. you saw that from DJ Newby yeah, he's been sensational against Sydney on Sunday yep. um, and then you throw in two guys who are new in Scott Machado and, and Cam Oliver who have both had big games yep. at yep. different times um, and then plenty of improvement from guys like Noy what have you made yeah. of them under Mike Kelly and, and do you think they're likely to be that fourth team that makes the playoffs assuming you've got Perth, Sydney and Melbourne in there as well? I mean, out of the last I think they're what, 6-1 and one or 5-1 and one in the last, so they're top one, yeah, yeah, so they're they're rolling. I think I think you can't go by the quality of Machado and I think, mm. I spoke about this with Cam on, on Sunday, you've got a guy like you, generally you get a scoring point guard all the time, like across the league, but um, I think he just compliments him real, real well because 
he's distributing like unreal, like such a good IQ and even like little things that people don't even look at. I think in the, la- in the fourth quarter, they double teamed him and he had nowhere and he just did like a uh, off the dribble left hand cross court pass to Nubel to like save it and, and not a turnover and you just can't, like that's a, a legit point guard. Um, and I was even thinking, I was like, you know, if I was Cairns and you're talking about budgeting, I'd say to the NBL, hey, we want to get this guy and lock him in for three years because mm-hmm. like everyone would want him. Like he's an unbelievable um, player. Like yeah. he's one of my favorite players to you, watch. You the don't moment. want him to end up like Melo Triple, nah, where he's exactly there for one right. season nah, and then he goes and to a bigger market. Exactly. So I think you know, and that's when you're talking about those. Those three imports have been very consistent. Both Oliver and Nubel have shown, and Oliver's shooting really well for his size. And Nubel's taken over games, and I think yeah, Noy was good. And then even on Sunday, like Mirko Jerry came in and had I think eight points in the first quarter. So what Mike's done really well is he's just completely trimmed his rotations. Like yes. from the start of the year where he was playing 10, 11 guys, it's just not you can't do it in a forty-minute game, and it's no need. And so yeah, I think um, he's brought in Fabian. Um, Chris, uh, yeah, Chris Levitch, yep. yep, and and he's just done a solid role, mm-hmm. and you know, and if, if they're rolling with Nate, they roll with him and, and give him the ball. But his minutes have obviously just sort of they're all over a bit erratic at the moment, and that, and that's fine. It's not like all right, we need to give him the ball, and unfortunate, but yeah. And then obviously JK does a really good job job off the bench and just plays that sort of facilitator role. And yeah, you're right, they're a sexy pick at the moment. I think just because of the regional teams, mm-hmm. and you're looking at it, no, no, no one's put up their hand in that fourth spot and said, hey, I want to run with it. And right now they're, they're playing and they've beaten Melbourne, Sydney and Perth like of all clubs you know and to think they've lost what are they 0-3 against Illawarra yes yes they are you change that around yeah they're they're probably second yeah Yeah. Um, and it's crazy like they're on the bottom so yeah I mean it happens and it goes on but I think it's good I mean you you see them they start 0-12 last year again a lot of question marks whether they would be good remote team like all that sort of stuff for them to be successful I think is always good for the league Um, and I hope there's a point where it goes like you don't see that case of Melo Trimble you know 2.0 2.0 where Machado goes yep sweet this is mm. a stepping stone I'm going to go you know like I'd, I'd be when you're talking about equality and across the league like that's where something you know I'd love to see the league say hey what, you know what does it cost for him to stay like he's going to be a guy that could be legit and is making your team successful yeah because yeah. you know like as much as alright it's cool Tremble was good they didn't have results last year and now they're sitting fourth who would have thought you know like people had yeah bookmarked them as a, as a bottom team so yeah it's good for that um yeah, and I, look, I think uh, if there was, I looked and the Wildcats are underdogs, which was super, super surprising. Are they really? Yeah. Okay. So, look, I think um, I think Wildcats will want to make a statement. I mm. mean, they would have looked at that and said, yeah, missed opportunity there. Um, and they want to continue playing better. It's getting around that Christmas mark where they, you know, help and carp or no, change. But yeah, all that sort of the schedule. Yeah, they want to be setting themselves up. You don't want to be looking at the back end of the season and go on if we're and now they're in the conversation of first place but if we're second or third you don't want to be going oh mm. these are the games that we dropped and they'll hurt us in the long run yeah um, have you spoken to Jarek Kenny about his hair? It's the worst. Is, are you mate. a consultant there at all? Or no? Of course not. I mean, I've had some horrible haircuts in my time, so I can't be the one to speak. But he stayed with us from Tuesday. Last time he was here, yep. he was here for the whole week. And like um, like I brought up, when he was in New Zealand League last year, I literally was like, is this a gag? Like, are you someone paid you some money to keep it? And now it's obviously just become this thing on their own. But... 
you know, there's a lot of it always goes in different like styles. Like you've obviously got Mitch Creek's like faux hawk thing, whatever that yeah. is going on, yeah. and obviously he's his own brand. But like, I guess that to him, he said that's a really popular haircut in New Zealand, and I was like, yeah, but we're not in New Zealand, and <laughs> even in North Queensland, which maybe resembles New Zealand, it's not even a popular haircut. So I'm not sure what's going on. Is it is it here for the long haul? Yeah, I really don't know. He's a weird cat, JK. Like, there's some things like that where, like, he's one of the most genuine human beings, one of the nicest boats going around, but then there's some things like that that he'll stay strong on. Okay. But it's all right. Like, next time, well, I think they only came to Perth one year, so I'll shave it off if I have to because it's, like, actually getting some, like, real thickness. You could have just got rid of it in the middle of the night when it was yours and then just blamed it on one of your kids. Sorry, scissors got in the wrong hands. (laughs) Imagine that. That opportunity's passed you by. Mate, let's get into a couple of the Twitter questions because we've got some good ones. The first one's from Tim Renderlick. Biggest trash talkers ever encountered by Greg, A, for the Wildcats, so teammates of yours, and B, opposition team slash player what sort of light can you shed here yeah when teams and I was thinking this when I received I was like oh it's a good one uh, and team I would have had there's three and they've all been imports um, and so James Ennis was uh, one he would just in a way a subtle way but he would let you know that it's sort of that he was on a very high pedestal and you were at the bottom of that, of that, okay. but he and was, then, and then proceeded fine. to back it up in yeah, some sort of exactly style. Exactly right. So you would for like a minute and a, sorry, an hour and a half, you thought you had like a really good training session, and you'd be like, oh yeah, I'm actually not doing too bad here. And then for five minutes, he decided to turn it on, and then like, like actually make you feel like you're an under twelve kid, like can't even go halfway, and you're like wow, he's really really good, I and s- then let you know as well. Yeah, so. I, one of the early training sessions, I think this is before you guys had played your first actual yeah. game with yep. Ennis in the lineup, he hit a three at training and yep. then did the three fingers yep. running back down oh. the floor and this is during a scrimmage. I thought, ooh, this yeah. guy's, uh, yeah, guy's nah. going to be bringing some competitive fire. Yeah, he, he was like that and then I think it was... It was pretty funny because obviously now, like when he was here, um, he he obviously had an expectation that he um, was going back to the NBA, like he wasn't going to stay for the long run. Yep. And he was playing really, really well. And then once they had told him, oh, no, nah, you're staying, like there was a deadline, the Wildcats had put in a contract, you have to stay here. Like uh, for, the, for a month, he was like one of the worst people to be around because he just sort of was like what am I doing here you know like I'm a lot better than the league but so that was those moments where like for like two weeks three weeks he wouldn't even talk okay um and then, like, you'd be at training and, he again, he'd be – it's like he couldn't even be be bothered to be there. And then he'd be like, well, you think you have the wood over him and then he would put you back in your place and then he'd be, like, already in game time. And so yeah. he, was a, he was a different cat. Like, I mean, I love him and, and good to talk to him still. And I love that he um, still has a love for the Wildcats. Oh, yeah, it was I love awesome. that he's not yeah, forgotten nah, where good. he's come nah, from. It, it is good. Um, and then you go two and three, Ernest Ross. Yeah, <laughs> oh okay. Wow. And I just went to Manila with him for the – three on three tournament like a few months ago and he didn't change like he's Gu- matured finest. Yeah, he's rough. matured a hell of a lot um, and credit to him he's a great bloke yeah. but god did he talk some smack like in that um yeah, and I'm talking like so. This, first is, so this is on the training court to you guys, oh, or on yeah, the floor, both in games, or both. both okay, yeah. Yep. So like training, it was like so. Great story here. We literally when we signed Ernest Ross, and it all happened. We're like, oh, okay, we brought him in, and um, someone put up a photo of him at the airport, and he literally had he was wearing a like a tight white Bond singlet. Um, 
but it was tight because it was like a four X and like sweatpants and th- and we were he looked overweight and he would have I've joked around with him all the time, and he was like, um, we're like. Oh, he must have eaten Ernest Ross on the way here. Like, and usually they lose height, but he gained <laughs> 20 kgs. And so we were in the office and we were joking around with the assistant coaches. We're like, mate, you guys signed this like guy that was supposed to be like the business. And then like, so Trev was obviously in his office and he was like, let me look at this photo. And he was like, what is going on? So the next day we trained and it was the worst training session for us because Trev was like, oh, all right, I'll get him in shape then. And so, like, we would be doing suicides, you know, get it done in whatever time, you know, not even a suicide, but you get it done in, can't remember what it is, 30 seconds or 32. Mm-hmm. And Ernest was like, as we're done, he's like three quarters back. And so Trev would just be like, all right, last person to get done has to do it again. Obviously, Ernest was like never going to be close to winning. Sure. So it was it was brutal. So he, um, yeah, I remember. But the thing was, is he came out of so much shape. But then, like, the next day he would rock up talking smack or he would score on someone or a charge and he would be, like, talking so much crap. And we're like, you are really struggling. I don't understand why you're talking so much. So that happened, like, even just in games. And, sure. Um, it was funny, like, yeah, he obviously flexes muscles, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and it was yeah, funny, yeah. like, you know, three years later, he, like, rocks up in the SBO. I'm like, how the hell did he get back here? Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, but he had completely changed his demeanor. He's got, like, a young child. I was talking about in Manila and all that sort of stuff. Oh, but great. at that time, he was talking a lot of smack. We obviously had DeAndre Daniels and those two were boys. And obviously, DeAndre was a little bit higher up. So they would just go back and forward in earnest and then our last one uh, was JP Tokido and he was on another level and that was just not a good thing because you, you could see oh, that one that one was mate. probably more obvious to oh, people watching mate, like, the games you could see yeah, that one like and and that was just same similar but just yeah it was a, it was a tough thing and I think there was obviously when we had issues throughout the whole season that year but yeah. he he didn't mind and I mean, he would have tried to start about six fights um, during the season, like with opposition, like every single time, like at half time, you, you, he would be, t- he'll be chirping, like he'd be, you know, if he was playing good as you're walking in the that's, tunnel. That's dangerous when you're oh. walking into the same and tunnel. And it would always happen every yeah. single time. And I would always be like the first time I was like, all right, what's going on here? And it would be, he'd be uh, piping away at a, an opposition as you walk into the, the, like the, the locker room. And you've got 10 guys in a close proximity and no one's around. Around. Yeah, and so everyone's just like, yeah, just going. So the first two or three times, I'm like, all right. And then by that time, as we start losing games, and he wasn't changing the way he was acting, I was like, you can do whatever you want, mate. I'm not that. If you want to be an idiot, you can be an idiot. So there was those threes easily. Um, in terms of guys that would have opposite, like opposition, it's funny. It's as we I played longer, we really you lost that trash talking. So the two guys that I always remember was CJ uh, Brood and Kevin Braswell, and just they. Saw Sort of just let you know when they got a bucket on you, and that okay. was. I feel like CJ would have had some great. Yeah, games, yeah, they um they sort of went, but there was nothing like even when I looked at it, there was no one that sort of stood out and said like you know like guys. You, you, by that time, you play in the league of so many guys, and so you yeah. sort of like. Yeah. Generally, I would match up on an import, so they're generally quiet. Um, okay. And like I, the thing is, I didn't really get trash talking because if they scored on me and they would like actually pipe in at something I just thought it was like yeah you're really good 
correct. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Um, That's just your response. Yeah. I acknowledge that. So you they used to hate it, like, because I wouldn't give them anything, yeah. like, you know. So um, was it was the Gold Coast Blaze before they went under? Were they they had when they well, had that was James only my, Harvey? Yeah, and that was my one season. So I didn't really in. have. Yeah, so like uh, they had Ian Day, Ubacker as well. Oh yeah. Like, yep. um, so yeah, they were. Yeah, of all teams, like they would pipe in, like. Gary Irvin talked a lot of smack. Oh, Gary um, Irvin, yeah. Yeah. Um, Randall and, and Sobey, like, they used to go like at Adelaide. So I think it it's when there's a resounding theme. Uh, they play Joe, Joey. Yeah. Yeah. And so he gets some he gets Joey, some Joey does on empower. Him. Yeah, no, and, and he gets them playing team. hard. So yep. um no, it was um yeah, those ones. But I think if if I was I was like CJ and I'm sh- and I think if you didn't say CJ he'd be upset he didn't say that he he, he was the best trash the, talker. The pedigree though, like to come from Cow who was just oh, such a smooth talker. Yeah, like yeah, there exactly. would have to be an element of that yeah, that would exactly. cross over to you in terms of the way that you're able yeah. to talk, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Absolutely saw that with CJ. He probably didn't have too much to say when Sean Reddish blocked his shot in the, <laughs> no, in the no, last no. ever second played at Challenge Stadium. Be like the best, if that goes down, is maybe the uh, top three Wildcat moments. If only it was like to win a championship. Because then yeah, we went and the, lost. It's a bad footnote. <laughs> yeah. that you guys lost, lost the next days game. after. But yeah. as far as just signing off yeah, at Challenge yeah, Stadium, ridiculous. CJ yeah. goes and clear Sean's out. Reaction. Let me get to the bucket. Sean just almost <laughs> knocked a hand kid, off that the kid's kid, hand. The high five. It'd be awesome to talk to that kid now. Yeah. I mean, that's what, seven years or six years, yeah. maybe? Like, yeah. He's just... had numerous hand surgeries <laughs> to try and He's get the first his, to his have wrist. A robotic implant. He's still got an imprint of Sean's hand. That's a great moment. Moment. Um, this one from Steve Dell. We might have made this our last because we're running out of time. We will. We had a lot of Twitter questions yeah, this week, yeah. so we'll definitely get to those in the weeks to follow if we don't get them today. Um, this one from Steve Dalby about the New Zealand Breakers. The oh, Breakers yep. seem to be concerned with Glenn Rice Jr.'s welfare. So obviously this is the import who was released yep, yep. for the final third and final time just about <laughs> yesterday. Do NBL clubs generally have strategies for aiding players to deal with off-court issues? Now this is mm. obviously a, a difficult one because it was before the courts yep, and he had yep, a history yep, coming yep. in. How did you sort of see New Zealand dealing with this circumstance and, and how testing is that for a club to balance we need you on the floor versus we can't put up with that behaviour? Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, look, I don't think... I think Matt Walsh actually, in a way, it's funny, like I thought he handled it well once the, discre- the indiscretion was made in terms of the assault charge or whatever it may be mm-hmm. and saying we need, we've we got a dude you know a responsibility to take care of him which I was like actually well done like that is the case like um, there's the stake of it as well the stake of it is one if you're an individual that requires help you you can only be helped if you want to be helped so yep. the, this last sort of thing is like jeez you know I mean like you've, you've been given the, enough the chances breach, yeah. but the thing is is that's where I even look at it and go like, why do they bring him in for that Cairns game? Like, sometimes results um, don't matter. Like, you know, look after him and do all that sort of stuff. But to bring him in for one game for the sake of it, when you've been talking about him, how he needs help and all this sort of stuff, like yeah. what has been done? Like, what actually, ha- what are the methods in place? Like, put him there and, and, and go. Like, at the end of the day, like sometimes what transpires on the court is irrespective of what's going on off the court. And so asking, answering that sort of question regarding... Uh, well-being and taking care of. Hey, look, I'd only be um, on knowledge of what the Wildcats do, and obviously uh, they look, they uh, do place an emphasis. Um, but I've said this all the time. I think 
uh, even the Wildcats and, and, the, and the National Basketball League um, don't place enough emphasis um, in terms of that and even the well-being. Um, I think we place too much um, priority on results and, and wins and losses. I think we still... Um, do a really poor job from a from a league standpoint of going, you know, if someone's struggling from a mental health condition or something's going on, um, you know, like, okay, like take care of that and, and you know, because it might, uh, it's going to detract away from, yeah, if we're winning games or not. So, mm. you know, and why I say that is, um, yeah, look, is there, we've got a, a sports psychologist, but are they full-time at the club? No, you know, like it's just a, a sake of, um, okay, like if you have an issue, go up. Like Katie Reid does an unbelievable job for the, the organisation, but is she trained to um, monitor the well-being of all players? I don't think so. I could be wrong, but that's not her job anyway. And so, you know, what I'm saying is you look at Cricket Australia, the Players Association fund um, to have a, a player development manager but who places a, a huge importance on well-being. I mean, when I was transitioning jobs, the Wacker um, asked me to apply, well, to, to do an interview for that well-being um, manager gig and mm-hmm. the Western Force, uh, Force, Western Force have asked me to do some consultation in terms of doing that sort of stuff to place an importance and I don't think the, the Wildcats, and much, much of my knowledge, it could have changed, are doing that. Um, and that's easy, like, they can go down the track, uh, the, down the the track, and you know that, there's obviously a responsibility of you know a lot of things. That's why when I was, uh, I guess, part of the team, I, I would make sure guys' well-being was taken care of, and, and to do that. But so when you're saying that, the Walkers are quite highly resourced. So I would argue for the fact that that's Some happening. Some of the small market teams. Yeah, yeah, look at Illawarra. I mean, Nick Kay and all those guys. When they, and that's obviously changed. But a few years ago, they didn't. They had one massage all season, and that was because mm-hmm. Nick gave away his tickets. So. I don't think, and that comes from a players' association. The Cricket Australia pay for that. So, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I always say this: there's been for the last ten years, I know of instances and stories and all that sort of stuff that have happened. And if we were in the as profile, high profile as AFL and our over East, those stories would come come about. You know, people struggling with mental health issues or um, anything that happens with uh, drugs and alcohol. Not to, I'm not saying that's prevalent in our in our league, but. Yeah there has been stuff that's happened and it's just because not like it's been swept under the rug but we just weren't in a position to be able to one uh, be resource enough to take care of it and the other side is um, yeah there wasn't really a, a, a real priority on transition of athletes I, 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 I think we, we do a poor, poor job you know in terms of that looking after the alumni and all that sort of stuff there's a it's not, I'm not talking about your stars. They're taken care of. You know, people go into media or they're still being involved. I'm talking about development players or guys that were sitting at eight, nine, ten, and eleventh spots. Yeah. Perfect example. Um, who was at Brisbane last uh, a couple of years ago? But a guy that's getting forty to forty-six thousand now, but in the past was only on forty-two thousand. That was going to to four different clubs in five seasons and had to uproot all of his you know, um, stuff, was really on a minimal job um, and then doesn't get his gig and for four years obviously didn't do an education because the only thing he was really thinking about was I'm, I need to crack the rotation, I need to play, this is my life. What happens when they're done? You know, yeah. what, what really goes on? They play NBL one, and you know they've been done. Um, that's a, this is a problem around the world, right? Correct, um, and that's the thing. And yeah, and so there's all those external pressures and all that sort of stuff. 
stuff as well. And so it is interesting. And I think obviously now we're placing a little bit more importance on it and we're getting more resource. I know the Player Association did a really good job in placing importance on, on wellbeing, funding a, a player welfare manager. But realistically, you need someone there um, all the time. You know, the biggest thing of why an, a player or an individual won't speak up is because they don't have trust or, yeah. You know, and so you're not going to just do that to say, guy, that's over east and, until they establish mm-hmm. that trust. So, you know, the AFL does it really well. Um, but look, at their multi-million dollar business. And so I think that's where, you know, obviously the, the NBL are, are moving towards. And yeah. I, I don't think it's just the NBL. I think every other sporting code, I think, I think you've got issues. Get better in that yeah. space. Yeah, good to see on that note as well, Adelaide with a Beyond Blue. Unreal, I think yeah. Beyond Blue yeah. game coming up. With uh, South East Melbourne. Yeah. So I, I reached out to Joey and, and, um, and yeah, I guess acknowledge um, yeah, great. How, how, how important that is. I mean, they might see it's a mental health round, but for me, it's one spectator, one fan, one member um, seeing that they're placing an importance of mental health and maybe taking the courage of saying, you know what, I might go seek help or speak to Beyond Blue and get those resources. So I think any time you can put uh, onus and, and uh, power behind a, an important message is pretty good and good to see. You know, it's obviously done uh, in the AFL quite a lot, um, but to see you know Adelaide take sort of that priority mm-hmm. on, on mental health, is, it was yeah. yeah pretty cool. Terrific. Mate, let's get into the crystal ball before yes. we get out of here. So last week... Should I just echo mine from last week? <laughs> you're just going to double down on the yeah. airport, think about it. Um, I wanted a tech foul in the Sydney-Perth game, which never happened. The fact that that thing got blown out so early kind of took a bit of spice out of the game. Uh, I'm going to turn this week's crystal ball into a crystal lamello ball. Oh, See what I did there? He's done, His, his name's Lamello Ball. He is, we won't see him again in this yeah, league. And no. this is, I sort of came up with this yesterday and then the past 24 hours has sort of been all over Twitter of people agreeing with me. Um, I just don't think we're going to see him. If he's out for a month, his stock has never yeah. been higher. He's coming off two straight triple doubles. He doesn't particularly want Illawarra's whatever they're going to be record at the yep. end of the season on his resume yep. if they finish at 6-22 and 22 or whatever they're going to finish at. Yeah. Um, I think he's done what he's come here to do and I don't think we're going to see him back and that's yeah yeah I, I think I can if there's a crystal ball that's one as well as an import getting sacked um, <laughs> but no he's yeah I mean it's he's a number, shame for the league though because he has drawn yeah. people oh, and massive. you heard the cheers for him oh, even yeah. in opposition gyms yeah and the Sydney game was crazy yeah him like more oohs and ahs than Sydney yeah, like yeah, going yeah. that um, it's going to be such an interesting outcome of that because I look at him that go, he was an 18-year-old kid and like even, so I think the first triple-double was obviously, and I'm not taking away from the triple-double at all, but the first one was ridiculous numbers and you look at that and go, wow, like 18-year-old kid, mm-hmm. like look how much he's grown and then obviously it backs it up, wasn't an efficient triple-double and they're losing games. You but you chase that second one Yeah, of bit. course. Yeah. I mean, it's and that's the thing, I think even from him he goes, what what in what um, world does anyone think that him winning an NBL championship is going to be great for him? Like he, the goals are a lot bigger. Like yes. for him, number yes. one draft picked is or top three is what his goals are. He's not going ten years time when he's playing for hopefully the Knicks or whatever. He he's going. You know what? I finished top four for Illawarra. Like at that point, he goes, you know what? Me backing up and getting triple doubles and getting that is more important than mm-hmm. wins or losses. That's just that's the case. And and so, what's going to be interesting is what happens. Like if he if he's done for the league and fair enough. If he can, comes back, awesome. Like that's really good for the league. But if he's done, um, and he goes top three. Um, 
how does he play in the NBA, you know? And so if he has this really good year um, in the NBA and his career really flourishes, people are like, yeah, well, the, the NBA is just a legitimate league and it's providing pathways, but it's good competition, you know? If he has a dud and he falls flat on his face, you know, mm-hmm. and then they're like, well, how did this 18-year-old kid come over here, you know, and tear it up, like put up triple doubles first time in whatever in 40-minute history, but then can't even go there in the best league. It's going to be, yeah, yeah, really interesting sort of thing, even just like RJ Hampton. And, you know, you look at all those previous ones, Terrence Ferguson, like didn't have that crash hot of a year and you're like yeah he's good but he's a project player um, and he is a draft pick 22 and he's just a solid role player you know like Tory Craig didn't dominate the league mm-hmm. but he's a great role player James Ennis dominated the league but then role but it's seven years and same Brian Bowen wasn't dominant but two way it's going to be interesting how that how that is perceived. So, mm. yeah, um, my crystal ball. Yes. I'm going to say Wildcats will win this one, and uh, Sydney will be on a slide and lose. So they will lose to Melbourne. So that's a three game slide. Yeah, so that's and, I think that's in Melbourne that yes. one. Yeah. So I reckon that. So they just closed the gap. It's just a, a really boring crystal ball, but I just want that's to predict okay. this. Yeah, that's what did Sydney. what did you make of two of your former teammates in Kevin Lish, who yeah. will definitely be better for the yeah, run coming back in his first weekend, but also. Kevin Casey Prather, who showed some really good moments. And Casey was massive, and I think that is the case. And look, I think Melbourne, um, you know, they just smashed Adelaide and they they got on top of them. I think, you know, you can't under... Chris Golding's really matured, I think, as a player. Like, you know, where he, I never thought he was a selfish guy, but, you know, he's actually playing for, you know, getting guys involved and stuff. I thought he was really good. But Casey was huge, and yeah. I think more his aggressiveness. I mean, yeah. his shot's always been, you know, that mid, mid-30s or whatever that, but to see him transitioning and yeah. getting and, and he, he had a nice dunk at the with end. That sort yeah. of bounce, he takes the exactly. Euro and nah, looks really and that's bouncy. where he was really, like, uh, that's what, when I saw that, I was like, good, that's what you mm. need, a little bit of confidence it was a perfect game for him even at the end it was a bit of a blowout and they sort of gave him these avenues and opportunities to, to, to do something and he really took it took ownership of it so yeah good for him I think Kev yeah he just showed that sort of rustiness and stuff like that he just missed shots that generally he goes but it'll be interesting I mean he's had a few injuries the last few years and, and all that sort of stuff how what role they put him in like obviously yeah, they've completely changed you know before when two three years ago he was the main guy and now you've got you know Diddy Lazada, Casper Ware like um, does he become this primary defender where that's his focus and he just becomes this hit three guy mm. or, or is he still a playmaker and so yeah he showed that rust and it showed like even you know they've been playing they haven't had too many injuries I think even missing Moller um, just that a guy that focuses on defense and have them that length and yep. the O boards yep. and all that sort of stuff uh, will help him out but yeah Kev will obviously come back there's no doubt but yeah sort of you see that because he's one of yeah the better guys going around and I saw him miss a couple of shots and I was like oh I just hope one just drops for him just so your confidence you know comes up so yep. it'll be good okay well we'll continue to watch that space and obviously watch your import movement <laughs> space as well mates uh, we'll let you get out of Thank here you. thanks again for your time Appreciate to our listeners uh, thanks again for your time and we'll chat to you next week the dribble podcast is brought to you by Perth Now, your home of sporting action from home and abroad.